The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen Podcast. My name is John Abraham. I am Jimmy Croker, and this is Versecast episode 36. Wait, today aren't we missing somebody? I, I was totally like in, in my gleep zone. Isn't there another name? out. There is another name. <laughs> so, well, basically, um, we got gleep. rid of gleep. We got rid of Gleep, right? Uh, we we Gleep, figured we we didn't really need him anymore. Exactly. Um, today is seven fourteen twenty nine forty five standard Earth time, and Gleep is off on assignment this week because that's what you say when a host is not hosting, right? Yeah, they're away on assignment or right. off on assignment. Yeah, he's in the field. He's in the field. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, y'all are stuck with just me and John. John. No one's driving the bus. <laughs> is it a bus basic... or is it a, a gem? What what do you call that thing? <laughs> I forgot what it's called. The Gemini. The the <laughs> ge- ge- the, uh, the the Starliner. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah that thing. Gleep has one, and <laughs> we do, yeah. usually podcast on it. But he has. He week. has. He has too. Well. We're a man down and we're a day late, uh, but if I can quote, Gle- quote Gleep for a moment, you know, gosh darn it, John, we're here. How is that? Was he that says a good... that all the time. Was that a good Gleep impersonation? Yeah, it was perfect. I thought you were Gleep for a second. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ronald Jenkins. The song is called Fall Drift. It's off Ronald's album Alphanumeric. Check it out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. And uh, sad news, John, sad news. Uh, Satoru Iwata, Nintendo president, uh, passed away this week. Uh, he uh, passed of uh, cancer, died at the age of uh, 55. This was kind- really sad to hear. Like, it, yeah. it, it really kind of hit me like a brick because he was only 55. And it's like, you know, I've, I've watched, I watch a lot of the Nintendo Direct stuff, um, which is like a monthly show they do where they talk about new stuff that's coming out um okay. and he always hosts it um and then obviously he's, he's at like E3 and stuff um so I'm just used to seeing him all the time and now he's gone so it was pretty sad to see that on IGN I was kind of in disbelief but I guess it yeah. happens no absolutely um my uh, my wife was pretty bummed out about it too she's a huge Nintendo fan you mm-hmm. know we we talk about it on the show uh, right now she's all about Splatoon um, yeah, very, very upset about it. Uh, I'm going to include a, a link in the show notes to a really nice polygon um, uh, obituary uh, that goes through a, a lot of his life and, and a lot of his life in Nintendo. But there's just one small part that I want to uh, that I want to read uh, out of this uh, from the more recent um, goings on in Nintendo. Um, in recent years, however, Iwata clashed with investors and analysts uh, when the launches of the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U fell short of the impact uh, uh, fell short of the impact of their predecessors. 
Iwata sternly resisted calls for Nintendo to push its iconic properties into mobile phone gaming or abandon manufacturing uh, of the gaming hardware altogether. Notably, he also refused to order layoffs when the company's stock prices staggered uh, under the uh, sluggish performance of the Wii U. He's quoted as saying, I sincerely doubt employees who fear uh, that they may be laid off will be able to develop software titles that could impress people around the world. That, to me, speaks volumes of the kind of man that he was. Yeah. You know, he, he stuck to his ideals. He believed in the products. He believed in the company. He believed in his, in his employees. And he held fast, you know. And that speaks volumes to the character uh, of, uh, of the man. Any, um, any, do you have any one favorite Nintendo game? Um, I don't know about one specifically, but the Mario Kart series has got to be probably my favorite. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, Mario Kart's definitely up there for me. I, uh, I remember having a Nintendo when I was in uh, high school. And um, yeah, I just absolutely... Nintendo has just been around, uh, has been a fixture since uh, as far back as I can remember. I, I had an Intellivision with Pong, but I'm old and that was in the 70s. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember like you had Intellivision, you had Atari, and then you had this falling off where games weren't cool anymore and people in the industry were saying or people in general were saying oh games were just a fad they they're they're not you know really going to go anywhere anymore and look the proof is everyone's turning in their consoles and then Nintendo came out and revived the entire industry so it's definitely a sad day i he he like i like i mentioned earlier you know it just he seemed like a, a very upstanding solid president and i hope that whoever replaces him um, continues uh, his tradition of pushing the company forward and and standing on their ideals because the Wii U is doing great now. Yeah. Well, and he has come out and said multiple times that he is a gamer first. And right. I feel like that's extremely important, especially for a CEO. I don't think you hear that from a lot of other CEOs from big game companies. Um, I mean, the CEO of... Microsoft doesn't run Xbox. Um, he runs the whole company. Um, so I think there's a more focus in Nintendo for their gaming. And um, the fact that their CEO was so open and did the Nintendo Directs and, and talked to people um, and that he's a gamer himself, uh, I think it, it made Nintendo more honest. And yeah, he'll be missed. Absolutely, absolutely. God, I can't even imagine what would have happened to that company if they instead made a push into mobile. I think that would have been just disastrous for them. Well, they're actually doing some of that now. Um, yeah, but I, I, I mean, think, I think it was actually his initiative. Um, the difference is, I think they're going to be more like just mini game stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, as opposed to basically shifting the entire company into mobile right. gaming. Yeah, I. I hope that they keep making their own hardware. Um, there are a lot, a lot of people that think they should just put their games out on other systems, um, on other platforms. But I really like playing with the Nintendo controllers and the systems. I think there's a sort of quirkiness um, and something right. that makes it more kind of like a toy um, that I enjoy just from playing with it when I was a kid. Um so I, I enjoy that side of Nintendo, and I hope that doesn't go away. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, it'll be interesting to see um, what direction uh, the ship steers in. Yeah. So, uh, did you have a good fourth? Yeah. I Got all your fingers and all your toes? Yeah. Is that a gleep? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be peppering this show and our community report uh, with uh, very subtle gleepisms here and there, and see if anybody <laughs> picks up on them. Yeah, I didn't do much for the fourth. Um, I usually go to the parade and then the fireworks, um, but I kind of decided to take a break this year just so I don't get tired of it because I do go every year. Um, so I pretty much did nothing on the 4th of July. Nice. Well, it's, uh, Mrs. Jimmy and I played video games with, uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, yeah, uh, I got it. <laughs> Mrs. Jimmy and I played video games, uh, with, uh, my brother-in-law and a couple of friends. Um, you know, uh, as, as you did, like all good nerds, we stayed inside and we stayed far, far away from the big bada boom. <laughs> But, uh, you know, as uh, as Gleep likes to point out, uh, we are here to talk about Star Citizens. So uh, you want to get into it? Yeah. We've been off for a couple of weeks now. Um, so I think uh, we're going to kind of hodgepodge a little bit of last week and a little bit of the week before. Um, a quick bit before we get into the meat of the matter, so to speak. Um, I had found out or I'd read uh, that uh, at the Comic-Con panel, CIG is planning to show uh, multi-crew ships in action at GamesCon. Uh, and apparently, Arena Commander 2.0 will be released shortly thereafter. I think that's kind of big news. I, I didn't notice that over on the official C- uh, the CIG site, so I think they're kind of maybe trying to keep that a little quiet. Maybe. But uh, I guess apparently there was a small panel at uh, Comic-Con, and which I didn't even know that CIG had a presence there, but apparently they did. And that was where they kind of made that announcement. Um, apparently 2.0 is also going to include a large, uh, a new large map for uh, free flight testing. So the thing is, and I know that they don't like to put dates on things. And, and honestly, I, I don't either because it is a game that's still in development and stuff happens. But GameCon GamesCon is August 5th through August 9th. So we might have a major game patch next month? That honestly, I mean 2.0 can't come out before 1.2. So and <laughs> that, that would just kind be of insane. Yeah. That kind of feels about based on Chris's post which we'll get into. Um Based off the vibe I got from that, that kind of feels like around the time that we would be getting 1.2. So I wonder if maybe they'll skip 1.2 and go to 2.0 and it'll include all the Arena Commander 2.0 stuff and Star Marine. Well, it might. Here's the thing it might not include Star Marine. They may basically skip right over that aspect of the build. You know what I mean? Like they may just um, say, okay, we're putting out Arena Commander 2.0 with all the stuff that everyone's been anticipating for that aspect of the game mm-hmm. while we're still trying to resolve the issues with Star Marine. So they'll just forget about the 1.2 patch? Yeah, that's potentially, you know, and of course, all speculation, but, yeah. you know, potentially, yeah, they may just go forward with, with Arena Commander 2.0, and then, you know, once they get Star Marine locked in, then they'll, you know, maybe they'll change the the nomenclature or, you know, I I don't know how they'll do it, but maybe at that point, then they'll go ahead and and release Star Marine. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. We'll see. But um, not to bury the lead, you want to jump into the uh, the end times as we know it for Star Citizen, the uh, the fall of uh, of uh, the UEE, the clickbait and incorrect information and troll galore. It's better known as last week's buzz around Star Citizen. I guess. I mean, based, <laughs> we have to based off the speculation. We should probably just end the podcast because, like, who's going to listen to it? Nobody. Nobody's going to yeah, listen to I, it. The I, game I, is I, dead I, at this point. Uh, we might as well just pack it up. Um, sorry, everybody. Um, the game is just clearly gone. It's falling apart. Yeah. Fortunately for us, Ben Lesnick took to the forums to clarify and set the record straight, and um, I think he literally addresses. Almost every single concern and conspiracy theory that's out there from, you know, CIG's not talking to us enough to Star Marines delayed indefinitely um, and pretty much everything in between. Uh, what did now, you know, the thing is that, you know, there there is there is a camp. Uh, I'm not going to give it any credence or say that it's it's anything more than a minority that you can easily you can make the argument of easily saying that all of this is BS. But I, I just I don't know. I. I from what I've seen of Ben, um, from what I've seen of from following the game, it just—I don't know—it seems—it it just seems odd to me that all of this would be smokescreen. But um, but what did you think reading the overall post? Uh, my first thought was these quote concerns were never a concern of mine. <laughs> nice, yeah, I I I could definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, so. Star Marine delayed indefinitely. I never once got that that idea. Like, where would you get that? If you actually read Chris's post, you would know that they're getting close to a release and that they are constantly working on it. I think I think a lot of this stems from the um, the overly optimistic release date that they had put on it originally. Yeah, and I th- I think that that I think more than anything, that's what's burning them but you can clearly see that they've changed things from yeah from the 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 first time they showed it um and even the second time um it's quite different than what we saw before um because probably because they thought it needed to be better um and he does say that they're not putting too much polish on it um and stuff like that right um so yeah, I just I don't understand. Like this has happened before. It happened with Arena Commander, right? Um, and like I wasn't concerned about it then, and I'm not concerned about it now. And and I think to some extent the folks over at CIG aren't concerned about it. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't mean that like a like a cavalier not concerned, but I think that they kind of get that you know like this has happened before. Hopefully it won't happen again, but potentially it will when they run into obstacles or when they run into uh, things that that make a release difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, just just to touch on some of the points, if you haven't, I'm I'm just going to say this now before before we end this particular part. If you haven't read Ben's reply um, to all of the quote unquote concerns, go read it. Um, don't follow the clickbait that says that Star Marine is delayed indefinitely. Don't buy into the folks that are trying to promote themselves to uh, at at the expense of Star Citizen. Go and read Ben's post and make a decision for yourself based on that. Um, but briefly, of of some of the many things he addressed, um, one thing was he talked about Star Marine. Star Marine, Marine is delayed indefinitely, quote unquote. And uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said that's simply not correct. Um, 
that's not the case. And it was never said. And I don't think Chris, in his original post, ever said it was delayed indefinitely. No, he never yeah. said that. That's what I thought, too. When I, I, I didn't go back and reread it, but when I read it the first time, I never saw him once say that it was delayed indefinitely. And then the next day, clickbait is like, oh, Star Marine's delayed indefinitely, and then the sky started to fall. Did they? I wonder if he even used the word delayed. Because it felt like the way he was saying it is, we have a few more weeks of work left to do. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like, oh, we're going to have to delay this release. Because there's never a solid release date anyway. Exactly. So, you know, I, I would need to go back and read it. I, I think he may have mentioned delayed. Um, but I, I know, or I'm, I'm 90% sure, he never said indefinitely. No. You know, and now, I mean, I guess one kind of good byproduct of, of that is that we now have a, a weekly progress report um, that we'll touch on later uh, that so far we've had two of that are basically giving the community a week by week update on where we are with the game. I don't know about you, but that tells me that the game is not going to be delayed for another three years because they're going to get really tired of doing weekly updates for, you know, six months, eight months, a year. Well, how about the fact that the first-person part of the game is literally like 50% of the game? So you can't have Star Citizen, like any part of it, without this part. (laughs) It it seems to me, um, you know, and I am am not a game developer. Um, I am not as smart as some other people claim to be. Uh Uh-huh. But um, it seems to me that the the obstacles that they're running into in regards to uh ragdoll uh you know the working within cryengine uh that those 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 issues those delays are not things that they can't overcome um and i would imagine that there's definitely some frustration there i would imagine that they've had to rewrite a lot of code i would imagine that at one point they were like oh crap a lot of what we've done is not going to work going forward and we need to reevaluate and we need to make changes. Um, and I can imagine that for some people, uh, potentially even some people that left, that was extremely frustrating. Yeah. You know, um, so, I, you know, but do I th- personally think that they're going to overcome those challenges? Yes. Yeah, I think they so, are too. And based off of Chris's post, which was extensive um, and left me with no questions. Yeah. Uh, it, it just seems like they are going to push through this. Like they've had some difficult issues that they've had to overcome and they're going to get through it. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always kind of joke around, uh, you know, you and I are fanboys uh, or the three of us are fanboys. But the thing is, we also do our homework. You know, we yeah. also read all the articles. We we dig through the content. We we watch, you know, uh, all, all the things that they post on uh, live. Sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but we all plow through it. And I can understand, uh, look, a lot of backers are not like us. You know what I mean? They threw some money at the game. They're waiting for it to be developed. Uh, you know, they may get frustrated. They may not get frustrated. They may not know fully what's going on. So it's really easy to get panicked if you go ahead and click on, you know, a link that says the sky's falling. Um, and, I, you know, I certainly don't want to sit here and say, you know, that I know for a fact that everything's fine because I don't know that, you know, but just from my understanding of the game industry and from my knowledge of what Star Citizen has put forward, both in content and in communication, these don't seem like issues they can't overcome. Yeah. And I don't think that we on the Versecast are just blind fanboys. 
Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think we're living in a dream world where we think everything they put out is fantastic and we love it and, and nothing can go wrong. Um, I no, think we're I... all very reasonable and I, I mean, I wouldn't spend like $200 or whatever I've spent on something that I didn't believe could be real. And I, I overall, I am a person that can be skeptical but I, I'm not about Star Citizen because, like you said, um, we read up on everything um, and we see everything that they put out. We watch all the videos and based on all of that, we are very confident in the game. I'm a total rube. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think honestly at the end of the day, Star Marine is delayed. There are some challenges. I would imagine that there is definitely some frustration um, in regard to those challenges, but I do think that they will be overcome. And to me, the weekly update is some insight into the fact that we're looking at, you know, uh, maybe a few months of delays while they while they figure out how to overcome these challenges. Yeah. Uh, feature creep was another thing that he mentioned, which, you know, it's funny. I laughed when you said earlier that like none of these were actual concerns for you. And when I read the, that he was discussing feature creep, that immediately came to mind. Um, he'd said, uh, basically, also not accurate. Uh, they stopped the stretch goals for this very reason. Basically, everything that they had planned out, they had achieved through the stretch goals. And so that was why they decided, okay, you know, everything that we have on the books, so to speak, we're, we're done with, and now we're going to end the stretch goals. And I, I from what I've read about the early part of the Kickstarter, uh, the the plan had always been to eventually fully realize what Star Citizen is now. But the difference is that they had so much money coming in so quickly that it allowed for them to realize the full scope of the game up front as opposed to over two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years after release. Did you get that impression as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, then it wasn't just me. Because um, I remember when they stopped the stretch goals, and it stopped right around the time where they had talked about pets. And, you know, you could kind of tell that, like, that was basically it. Like, when it was funny for me when I read that, I was like, okay, pets. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I, I'm not surprised that they were going to put that into the game. And then they were like, okay, we're, we're basically done. We're done with stretch goals. This is pretty much everything that we had planned out. And for the most part, that's what Ben says in that response to Feature Creep, is that, look, this was all the stuff we were planning anyway. I think the, the big difference um, is that it's now all up front, as opposed to spread out over over the years of the game's life. Right. So, and then um, one thing, another thing that he had mentioned, uh, ex-employee is leaving, we're all doomed. One of the things that I liked about the way that Ben framed his response on this was what about all of the folks that have come and gone over the last couple of years of development that are not big names? Nobody talks about them. There's no big, you know, oh, the sky's fall falling because, you know, a game tester left. Um, and I think the point is that that turnover happens. Yeah, you know, that's a good um, point. It's, you know, you never hear about all the other people that left. Now, I, I will say when you've got two, three, potentially four major people leaving the game, it is going to throw up a yellow flag or, or an orange flag. There is going to be concern, you know, but 
we don't know what the reasons are. Um, I, I mean, if you, in my opinion, if you go to the the darker end of the spectrum, people left because they're frustrated, you know, um, or they're they're pressured. I would imagine, you know, that working at CIG is intense. And that there is a lot of pressure to get a lot done. There's a lot riding on the game. You're you're in front of a camera, you know. Uh, Travis, for example, maybe he got tired of being in front of a camera, you know. And I, I I'm simplifying things, of co- of course, but there's a burnout rate in the gaming industry, and I would imagine that working at CIG to some extent amplifies that. Well, and he got offered a position at Blizzard. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> so I mean. I don't know what the conditions at CIG are. I'm assuming they're decent. Um yeah. but I think if somebody um that wasn't, you know, completely obsessed with Star Citizen was offered a position at Blizzard, they would probably consider taking it. My brother my brother in law loves being uh, a producer at Blizzard. It's his dream come true, you know. Um he just he's everything he ever wanted in a company. You know, um, I think, you know, I think it's we're, we're probably simplifying it across the board. But the thing is, we're also speculating. We have no idea why they left. Yeah. You know, um, is there a little bit of a concern there? Of course, because there are major players in the game. Does that mean the game's falling apart? I, I seriously doubt it. I so, agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, sales are down. We're doomed. This will be the last one that I'm going to touch on. Uh, so Ben references, again, same trend as last year before Arena Commando launched, and that they're painfully aware that you know raising funds is based entirely on delivering content. And that makes perfect sense. It's a give and take. You're not going to get my money if you're not producing content or you're not producing things that we have an opportunity to see. And I think to that extent, they've done that job. You know, We're in a little bit of a lull right now because they've hit a stumbling block. That happens. Uh, you know, and they're aware of that, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like when just before Arena Commander launched, they had the same type of situation where people were freaking out. Uh, were you how involved in the game were you before AC launched? Um, I ran around in the hangar. <laughs> okay. Um, were you on the forums at all? I mean, did you follow any of the like people freaking out? Because it was delayed like what a month or two, right? Yeah, um, I don't really check the forums that much um, in general. Um, okay. So, yeah, I wasn't really that involved to see how people were getting upset. Um, I kind of just try to stay away from that stuff because I I feel like they should take as much time to develop as they need to. Um, right. And it eventually came out, came out, and it was good, so... Um, you know, sales are down. We're doomed. I, I just, didn't we, didn't, <laughs> when, when the, uh, the whole series came out, didn't we raise like $2 million or something? Yeah. Yeah. The whole series was a huge success. The Vanguard was a huge success. Um, you know, which, uh, you know, which kind of actually kind of leads into, the next part of the se- the next segment of the show anyway, which is, uh, you know, speaking of sales, uh, Ben actually talked a little bit uh, about the uh, Genesis Starliner concept sale and that they were actually expecting it to do less numbers than what it actually did. 
So, and we'll get into that in just a second, but I think to, to sum up, um, go check out the post, read through all of the concern threads. Maybe you have some of them, maybe you don't hear it from the horse's mouth and formulate your own opinion. Um, I think I'm, I'm on board with John. None of these were really concerns for me in the first place. Um, but it was nice to see Ben kind of get out and, and address them head on. Yeah. The thing is the vocal minority is always the people that have something negative to say. Yeah. Um, because you're more inclined to go on the internet and say, this sucks, then I love this. Um, right. And there's no, like, I'm not going to go on the forums and say, man, I'm so happy that the FPS module isn't going to come out for a few weeks. Um, and I'm, But I'm not going to go on there and say, man, this game is doomed because the Star Marine <laughs> isn't coming out. It's a scam. It's, uh, it's yeah, a total so, scam. Like, there's nothing positive, really, to say about these delays, like all of the concerns. Um, it's just like I, I, I take it for what it is. I don't have anything to say about it. But if somebody had something negative to say about it, they're going to go say it. Um, so that's all you're going to see. You're not, not going to see the positive side or the neutral right. side. Um, yeah. So that's the minority that comes out and people see. Um, obviously, they have to address that so that those people stop whining. Maybe they probably won't. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a concern of mine. But... <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I um I, I'm curious as to see what the reaction from the community overall is going to be with um because I understand they're going to be doing a controller uh, symposium at uh, Gamescom uh, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm curious as to see what their what their plans are with that. And the thing is, like you know, I, I get it. If you're if you're a a stick uh, flyer, you know, you you want the best experience possible. Um, so I understand the um the concern there. But the flip side of that is I also understand where CIG is coming from in that, you know, the game is, is still very much in development and, and it's just an aspect of the game that they haven't really locked in yet. So we'll see. We'll be, you'll be curious. I'm really excited to see what comes out of GamesCon and, and if in fact we're going to see uh, arena commander 2.0 shortly thereafter. It's actually games calm. Yeah. Games, games calm. German. Right. <laughs> I, Honestly, I don't know why it's an M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so used to, I've been saying Comic-Con all week, so. Well, yeah, they're all cons, but for some yeah. reason they want to call it Gamescom. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so, but uh, the, uh, so the Starliner uh, concept sale. So according to Ben, um, they felt it was very successful, which, you know, is a great way to spin it um, if, if, if it wasn't successful. But as of last uh, as of last Friday's reverse the verse, CIG sold uh, one thousand eight hundred and forty two Starliners at four hundred dollars per. Uh, they are saying that they had expected to only sell between three and four hundred total. So if that's accurate, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the uh, in the thread uh, mind blown uh, CIG uh, Starliner sale. Uh, part of uh, Ben's response uh, was a complaint about the uh, the price of the Starliner. Uh, and what I, I real I loved his response because it just makes sense. People were saying that you know it's very expensive at four hundred dollars, and his response was that the ship basically poops money. <laughs> and and I totally buy that. I mean, if once you get into the groove of of shuttling passengers, I would imagine that you're going to make money hand over fist. I would think it's going to be a relatively easy get 
because you can populate your your ship with NPCs just as easily as players. It's not like you're sitting around waiting for you know forty players to get on on board your ship. Yeah, I, so, I feel like um, the mechanic of uh, bus driving in Star Citizen is is going to be um, interesting um, because you'll have you'll be able to control like uh, what the layout inside is and right. all that stuff. Um, but I do feel like it will be sort of the grinding of Star Citizen, maybe. Just a lot of a lot of back and forth shuttling from point A to point B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think it's really going to depend on how the mechanic plays out. Um, you know, we we had talked about uh, when they had initially launched the uh, the description of the ship that passengers are going to get sick. Um, passengers are not going to be happy. Some are going to be happy. And that's that's all well and good. That's very Sims-like, um, which I think will kind of break up a little bit of the monotony. But what I'm really curious about is will there be randomly generated pirates that attack and board the ship? What I'm really curious about is... Who's gonna recreate airplane in Star Citizen? <laughs> Did you see? Um, I had uh, I had tweeted uh, the uh, the autopilot from Airplane. Oh yeah, and uh, it's an unconfirmed uh, autopilot for the uh, Starliner. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the, one of those few fleeting moments where I felt clever. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah. So, according to them, um, the sale was successful um, and and went past expectations. And honestly, it's not a ship that you want to see a lot of in game, especially if it's a money maker. You know, you don't want to break the economy, so it's probably a ship that shouldn't be incredibly prevalent. Yeah. And then um, they uh, went through since since it's been two weeks, they went through Q and A, Q&A, uh, and we're going to basically sum up part one and part two with just a few bullet points. Uh, the uh, first one to discuss is that there's three. They're considering three types of starliners. Uh, those run by players to transport NPCs, uh, player-run business. Those run by NPCs to transport both NPCs and players who need to go from place to place without a ship. Uh, very Star Wars galaxy, waiting at the starport and getting on the shuttle and going from place to place. Uh, and then those who are run by players that adapt them for their own purposes. Uh, so I would imagine there are going to be people out there, Gleep especially, who are going to gut the whole ship and try and figure out what they can do with it that's not an intended purpose. Yeah. Uh, which actually leads into the next point. Um, many, uh, many but not all roles are supported. So the Starliner is designed uh, in uh, compartments, uh, so the interior is very modular. Uh, the limits of the chassis means it's probably it probably won't be uh, especially effective for some roles like uh, offensive combat. Uh, but there's plenty uh, plenty to build uh, for the career beyond just passenger runs. Um, I would imagine it's probably going to be a good cargo haul- hauler. Um, maybe there'll be an e war variant of it. You know who knows? But um, but basically, you know, it's it's not going to be the be all and end all and, and shouldn't be you know they have to strike a balance with all the different ships if you can do anything you want in every ship then you know you're going to end up with i remember in, in star wars galaxies we you you end up gravitating towards the best thing and in star wars galaxies when they um there was what we called the composite wars and basically the only way that you could win in pvp was to wear composite armor that was the only way you could win uh, so basically what you had was in Star Wars Galaxies, which took place between Episode 4 and Episode 5, everybody running around in this armor that was never in any of the movies. Huh? <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. 
it was kind of ridiculous, you know, and it was heavy armor. And so, you know, being a smuggler, I wanted to wear light to medium armor. And if I was in heavy PvP, I just couldn't. And I think to some extent, you have to be able to balance the ships accordingly. Granted, size is going to be one balance, you know what I mean? What what you've got in a uh, Hornet is not what you get in an Idris. But you also have to balance among sizes, too. Otherwise, you're going to have only Super Hornets, only Redeemers, and only Idrises. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it makes sense that, you know, that they're, they're saying specifically with the Starliner that it's not going to be good for all different, you know, for every different type of role. So, but it'll be interesting and curious to see, I'll be curious to see, you know, how creative people get with the interior of the ship as far as what they can do. Yeah, I like the idea of the the racing. Uh, yeah, carrying your um, what is that? M M fifty? Is that it? Your M fifty? Yeah, that's it. I was thinking of Merlin, but that's not a yeah, racing one, ship. One M too many, actually. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, I'm I'm prepared. <laughs> My body is Reggie. Nice. It's always good to be Reggie. <laughs> uh, the ship also has an extensive range, uh, which makes sense. Uh, the Genesis, uh, as uh, as designed, is a long range traveler, uh, so you know you're able to go from specific from um, from system to system, uh, and uh, you also have redundant systems built onto the ship uh, for crew and passenger safety. So it's going to be a good long range ship. You're going to be able to travel through many systems. Obviously, to get from point A to point B, you can't stop everywhere to refuel. Your your uh, passengers are not going to be super thrilled about that. I really need to go back and watch uh, Space Truckers. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's been so so long, <laughs> and I've only seen it once. And I don't think I was of the um, complete clear mindedness. <laughs> I just remember it being horrible. Um, but sometimes oh, yeah. horrible movies are great. <laughs> no, this is very true. This is very true. Uh, Evil Dead 2 is the greatest B-movie ever made, in my opinion. I have not seen that. <gasps> Give me back my hand. <laughs> have you not seen that? I, I need I need to see that now. <laughs> it's a travesty. This is a travesty, John. <laughs> you know nothing, John Tosnow. I have seen Birdemic. And also, Manos, the Hands of Fate. <laughs> nice. Have you ever seen Beastmaster? No. Oh, that's another, like, just terribly awesome movie. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, MST3K? Uh, what is that? Mystery Science Theater. Oh, God, oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh, yes. That... <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. You would have been in trouble if you didn't know what yes. that was. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just not used to uh, the abbreviation. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, many, many years ago, I was a huge, huge fan. Oddly enough, my son loves it now. Uh, which, and apparently, they brought it back now. It's in theaters, some places. Um, those guys have gone on to do RiffTracks.com. Ah, um, okay. So what they do is they still do like B movie stuff and put it up for like digital download. Um, mm-hmm. But they also, what they do is they cr- create the audio track of just their voices, and you put it over a new movie, oh, and nice. it's like MST3K, only with a new movie. And that way, they don't have to get the rights to the movie. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Very and, clever. Yeah. It's it's still super funny. Well, now that we've gone on off a wild tangent, let's try and steer the Starliner back on course. 
Pretty, huh? pretty good. Huh? <laughs> Gleepisms. So, um, good for those with no friends. The Starliner is a ship that you can fly by yourself. Uh, obviously, you're going to need NPCs to fly with it. Um, but I think that's kind of a running theme in most uh, most of the mid to smaller ships, yeah? Uh, autopilot? No, no, no. Having um, Being able to fly the ship by yourself with a few NPCs. Oh. Not, not yes. having to have to have friends. Like, for example, I think like an Idris... Um, is going to become too expensive to populate with just NPCs, and I think they're planning on the fact that you have to have friends to control the 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 largest of ships. Uh huh. But I think for like the mid, you know, your your Starliners, your Connies, your Redeemers, um, uh, your your Drakes, uh, I think, um, or Cutlasses rather, uh, I think that you're going to be able to fly those ships either by yourself or with one to maybe three NPCs. I think, yeah, and I think it uh, depends on what type of ship it is as well, um, because they've said that the whole E will be flyable with one person. Um, I mean, that ship is, it's pretty simple. It's just a hauler. Um, and I, I feel like the Starliner is kind of the same type of thing uh, where there's not much t- that needs to be done to fly it. Um, but obviously there are roles that could be filled. Right. Absolutely. And I think um, I, I think with the AI that they're developing, um, which I love, I think they're, they're the way that they're attacking multi-crew is very clever um, and, and really smart. Um, again, going back to um, to galaxies, because I like to use galaxies as a benchmark because I think that, you know, 12, 13 years ago, galaxies was a very ambitious project, um, which uh, didn't do as well as we would have liked it to do, um, unfortunately. Uh, basically, the, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of content. They wanted the community to drive the content. And I think that CIG is kind of taken, uh, taking, taking some notes from that experience, uh, which is why you see the 90-10% uh, player to NPC population. But going back to the ships in the multi-crew, um, one of the things with Galaxies was if you had a multi-crew ship like a, like a YT-2400, um, it was impossible to fly by yourself. Literally impossible. And uh, it just made for, for not, a, not a very fun gaming experience. And CIG, I think, has been pretty smart in getting ahead of that and realizing that not only do you need to have active, engaging roles for other people to do on board those ships, but in the case of not having any friends, you need to have competent AI to run those stations so that you can still enjoy that multi-crew aspect of gameplay. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so Starliner, you know, it's uh, Gleep's favorite ship, uh, at least, uh, you know, what time is it? Um. Not Gleep, Gleep's favorite ship. What time is it? As in twenty minutes from now, he'll maybe m- melt it. Come on, John. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Killing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we also got uh, last week and the week before uh, June 29th. We had our first uh, Star Marine status update, and July 5th we got our second. Uh, lots of yada yada. Lots of you know what's. Lots of coding. Lots of you know we're doing this. We're doing that. Um, but one thing that I will say, though, is while the technical aspects of it are a little bit above my head, if you read through it, it's all clear, logical explanations and definitions of the problems that they're facing and the obstacles that they're working on overcoming. 
you know, and I think more than anything, that's what I get out of that. I, I might not get all the technical jargon, but as I read through those things, it's like, okay, I get that. That makes sense. I, I can see why they're, they're running into the XYZ problem. And it's interesting to see, you know, that they are still, that they are working through them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many weekly updates we get before it goes live. Uh, you know, we're all obviously chomping at the bit, but, you know, it'll get done when it gets done. Well, and what did uh, what did Ben say in his post? Didn't he say that it was just like like three or four weeks out? Uh, yeah, I thought I saw somewhere that he had mentioned that. Um, I, it was I very get... vague because he yeah. didn't want to say a date. Um, well, and even even Travis before he left, like a, a week or two before he left, even Travis had said in reverse the verse, and I was watching it, and even he was like, "Star Marine is weeks, not months away." Yeah. I feel like if everything goes to plan, it'll be out within the next three weeks or so. Um, obviously, they could hit another snag, and it could set them back a lot farther. Um, yeah. But if if they keep going on the, this course, I don't think we're too far out from it. No, I don't think so either. And I think, I think their biggest... Um trepidation is that they're going to get through this process and run into new obstacles that they didn't anticipate. And honestly, I just, in, in my humble opinion, I think that a lot of, there's a lot of stress and a lot of frustration only stemming from the fact that they did a lot of work that they've had to undo and redo again. You know what I mean? And that would make anybody crazy. My biggest concern, honestly, is that, that they don't go crazy. Because I know (laughs) what it feels like um, to have people um, waiting on you and you're supposed to deliver something. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that like when you're you're, when you're just one person working on something um, and you don't have someone to help you, um, it's irritating. Um, So I I just hope that that they are working, that they can work together as a team to get through this um, and that morale is high. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I'm I'm going to say that it probably ebbs and flows. I'm going to guess that there's probably some people that are very unhappy there. But, you know, the thing is, there's probably some people that are very unhappy over a blizzard. You know, there's people that are very unhappy doing, you know, when doing what I do for a living. Oh, sure. You know, and the other thing that's got to be hard is being in a spotlight, you know, working, working with um, with AAA recording artists. Um, you know, I, I, I see their standoffishness you know i see their how guarded they are and i get that that's from that's from being in the spotlight constantly being under a microscope and i mean i gotta feel i feel for you know for ben um you know especially because he's you know him and disco are like right out front with the game and the the pressure to be under the microscope like that the pressure to have people you know analyzing the the way that you look at the camera the the way that you're sitting the way that you phrase something um it's exhausting it's just, yeah it's exhausting. and when you have hundreds of thousands of people watching you and analyzing you and um and then you know a percentage of those people are trolls that are literally just out to irritate you um, yeah, exactly. It can get tiring, and like all of the devs have to deal with that, especially if they're browsing the forums or you know anything covering Star Citizen, right? Um, and then uh, and then put on top of that the fact that they have to be on camera every week, right? So you know, I think that, the, that today's episode is officially titled "In Defense of Star Citizen." 
No. Good. Sure. <laughs> That's a little too serious. I don't know. We'll it's think not, about it. It's not it. we'll, witty we'll, enough. We, yeah, we need to have a little bit enough. of wit. We do need it. We definitely. Well, you know what? Gleep's not here. Our our our, our saged wit is, uh, or or knit wit is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. Um, so uh, around the verse, uh, did you watch around the verse this week? No. Okay. <laughs> it's um, I, I will say this: if I had one critique, um, when they do the um the report from the different offices. Lately, I, I have felt that it's been a lot of um, fluff. You know, it's been a lot of, um, you know, like, for example, the guy over, the dude over at Elphonic talked about, um, you know, a, a particular snipe, sniper rifle that they're working on. And, you know, to some extent, it's like, come on, guy. I know that there's a lot more going on over there. Maybe you could give me something a little bit more juicy. Not necessarily, you know, uh, I'm frustrated with this or I'm frustrated with that. But, you know, this is an obstacle that we're working on. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of that in um, Around the Verse. Uh, but one thing that I did really enjoy uh, specifically was uh, Ship Shape. And uh, Lisa uh, Ohanian uh, talked to uh, Eldwin uh, Bet. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Uh, Eldwin Bachelor. Uh, and he is the uh, lead vehicle art, one of the lead vehicle artists. And uh, they talked about in detail uh, the ship component system. Did, you didn't have a chance to, obviously, you didn't uh, see the ship shape part, part either, right? No, but I read about this on our forums. We had, yeah, we had I, a conversation. Yeah, 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 totally. And, um, you know, what they talked about was they talked about all the different components, engines, coolers, shield generators, radiators, um, and that there are four sizes per class, which I thought was really interesting. Um, do you want to you wanna talk a little bit about this, or do you want uh, me to quote uh, our friend Doc Buckshot? Because I thought he did a wonderful job of surmising the, uh, the description. Sure, quote uh, Doc. Okay. So Doc said, big news in uh, the latest around the verse. Uh, They revealed more details on the component system. Basically, we've gone from 10 plus sizes of components like power plants, shield generators, etc. to just four sizes, small, medium, large, and capital. Those names are placeholders. Each size category is exactly four times larger, uh, larger than the smaller component below it. What this means for people constantly thinking about stats, like Doc, is that now your size 4 shield slot on a Hornet can be outfitted with four small generators of various makes and models or one medium. I thought that was really cool. You know, and I think that um, just stepping away from from Doc's post for a second, um, I think that that speaks to what Gleep is hoping for with the really heavy granular modability of the ships. So um, back to Doc. Uh, developer Matt Sherman and Calix Renu uh, have been uh, very active lately in explaining how the system works. Um, however, it's a very new concept, uh, even to the devs, uh, so they don't have the all, all the answers yet, uh, and uh, we should see more about this in the coming months. So uh, great description, Doc. Thank you. You made my job today much easier. <laughs> but uh, I think this is really cool. Uh, what do you think? I think it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, the fact that you can either take four, let's just say for the sake of argument, size one, 
um, small size one uh, engine, uh, you know, or, or shield generators and basically kind of mix and match the type of shield generators that you have to balance either direct damage or splash damage, for example, is great. Um, I think this also speaks really, uh, really nicely to things like what I want to do with uh, with my constellation. You know, I really want to gear it towards um, having a certain degree of stealth, uh, you know, so basically as low a radar signature as possible, uh, having some E-War stuff on board my ship. Um, my whole thing is that, like, I expect to get stopped by pirates, but I want to make their lives so difficult in catching me that I always or almost always get away. Yeah. And the way that they're planning on doing the the sizes now... Um, really allows for that and allows for the flexibility of you to be able to mix and match all the different components and really kind of dial in your ship. And then from there, adjusting power to all of those systems, it just adds a whole nother layer. It It is starting to make my brain hurt a little bit. <laughs> You're like, ow. <laughs> can, can I have just one, one kind of each thing? Well, look on the bright side. <laughs> We're, we're, we're backers in a game that's in alpha and you have plenty of time to learn. I know. No, it's good. I I like that they're doing this. Like it's just more options and options is good. More flexibility, more customization. Um, I don't know how that affects, you know, balance overall, but you know, I'm sure that they're ahead of that curve and I'm sure they're planning for that, um, to make sure that, you know, one ship isn't radically overbalanced across the other ships. Um, uh, but you know, we'll see. It's a new system. Um, it's, uh, it sounds promising. Hopefully, uh, it'll come to fruition and, uh, we'll see it. Uh, I, I I'm assuming we're not going to see that in, um, 2.0 with multi-crew. I think we're going to have probably a pretty basic version of multi-crew at, at launch for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, some good stuff from Reverse the Verse. Uh, so uh, patch one point one point five may be ready by the end of this week for uh, PTU. Do you know what's coming in one point one point five? Is this a is test? it a lot of back end? Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a test. <laughs> um, I know. I honestly, I don't think anybody knows. Do they? Does somebody will, know? Uh, I will take uh, I will take flyable scythe and finished flyable Merlin for a thousand. <laughs> um, I think somebody might have mentioned this on the forums, and it was just speculation about maybe um, the Star Marine patch minus Star Marine, um, which which would include like the matchmaking stuff that they've been working on, or, or some of the matchmaking, um, and. Uh, the ships that they have finished that they can't push out because they're being uh, right, held quote, by Star Marine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to say held back um, because I, I don't think they're holding them back. I, I just think that they're waiting. Uh, they don't know if they if Star Marine's going to come out or or what. But they are doing that patch that is Star Marine minus Star Marine, uh, which will include the stuff that they have ready to go out. Yeah, I honestly, I really hope, um, and we'll touch on this in the community report, but I really hope that, that the biggest thing that comes out of this patch is is a balance on um, uh, on Arena Commander uh, on the um, the um, the queue. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, uh, for um, for for group play. 
Well, that's uh, part the lobby, of the, the lobby, matchmaking. The lobby system. Update. Yeah, yeah, matchmaking. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's. I'm really hoping that they get that um, to a degree that allows for us to be able to get back into the game as a group and really, um, really play the way that we were before matchmaking kind of got all cattywampus. Yeah. Well, and it'll be way better than that, even um, because yeah, they're going to have totally. the party system that's going to keep your your party persistent between matches and all that stuff. Right, 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 right. So yeah, so we'll see. But um, so yeah, hopefully by the end of this week we'll see that on PTU uh, when it goes live to general population. Uh, well, and probably on the PTU, obviously, um, we'll have the uh, Scythe and the Merlin. The uh, question was asked on Reverse Diverse, will the Merlin uh, be a racing ship? And I had kind of always thought that the potential was there for it, and it was confirmed. They said absolutely, should be very effective. I was right. I called it earlier in this episode. You did. I said it was a racing ship, guys. The gold star for you. Thanks. Um, A little bad news for Jimmy. Uh, uh, the uh, all the weapons on the Merlin are fixed. What? So oh, yeah. okay. well, it makes oh. sense. It's such a it's such a tiny ship yeah. that you know all those we- the weapons that are on it are going to be fixed. So well, maybe they'll come out with a point five size weapon and a point five <laughs> size gimbal. Yeah, maybe, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're all going to be fixed, which okay. means uh, either I'm going to need to beg uh, a yellow stag or an ace to crew to crew that uh, the Merlin for me, um, or they're going to have to make some really smart NPCs so that they can pilot the ship for me. Because yeah, I'm or not, or uh, or you could do what you told me earlier, and you could learn how to nope. use it. Nope. <laughs> I like my I like I like my orb weaver and I like my hex mouse. You could you could do it with that. Well, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm gonna have to learn, huh? I mean, fixed weapons are more difficult to use, but they usually pack a harder punch. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I'm definitely gonna have fun playing with it, and and I'm I am absolutely gonna race with it. Um, yeah. You know what what role it's going to serve in the persistent universe for me i just don't know yet um i'm actually kind of curious as to see since that part of the ship is modular the docking collar on the ass end of the ship um i'm curious as to see what other options they'll eventually allow us to uh swap out to you know um will they allow for a rear rear gun uh will they allow for a storage module you know um can you add uh you know maybe a um uh, maybe an Ewar suite to the back end of the ship. I know that's where the engines are, but I'm curious as to see if maybe they'll allow for some other customization options for that part of the ship. So, oh, we'll see. In any case, I'm excited for the Merlin. I'm looking forward to flying it, uh, looking forward to racing it, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Are you set on the mouse control? I really like uh, my mouse and my orb weaver. Um, I don't know, maybe this will, you know, um, inspire me to try um, stick. We'll see. Yeah, personally, I think I am going to go just mouse and keyboard um, just because I feel like I will be switching into first-person mode a lot. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. Um, mouse is really only... I mean, you could do controller, um, but since I am into the first-person shooter stuff, um, there's really no way for them to balance a controller to be as no, good as no. mouse and keyboard in first-person. 
Um, it wouldn't make any sense either. I, I would imagine that that would feel very odd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nobody plays Counter-Strike with a controller. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, But um, anyone who has a Constellation Andromeda and Aquila and a Phoenix will get a Merlin. Uh, the Andromeda and the Aquila get uh, permanent Merlins. The Phoenix will get a loner until the Archimedes is done. The 890 Jump uh, or 890 Jump owners, Carrick owners, uh, and Idris owners will also get a loner, uh, loner Merlin um, because those all have associated um, uh, parasite ships that go along with them. So that's cool. So do they uh, so, mount on all of those constellations? Uh, they, it, yes, actually, uh, it will mount on on any one of those three ships. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the Phoenix, the Aquila, right now doesn't or at least the last time that I had looked, didn't have the Merlin mounted on the back, but it was just a um, an error on the uh, on the design when they launched it. Uh, they may have it now. I don't know. Um, I had uh, I had looked at the Aquila quite some time ago, but I I stuck with the uh, Andromeda just because I, I like that base model. I thought but, the um, Aquila was the one with the buggy. It is the, does come with the buggy, um, which means you sacrifice the lower turret. So the Andromeda's oh, okay. got the, the top turret, the bottom turret, and the Merlin. Uh-huh. Uh, the Aquila's got the top turret, the buggy, extended fuel tanks, and the, um, and the Merlin. And then the Phoenix has got the Archimedes. Which, what is that? It is uh, kind of a, a variation of the Merlin. Um, if I, from what I've read, it's basically a similar ship, but it's it's not going to be when they release it. It's not going to be the Merlin, just a different color. Oh, so but nobody's really seen a lot of. There's not really a lot of info on the Archimedes yet. Is there so like it's kind a, of a wait and see? Is there like a concept of it? Because I don't remember looking at the no. Phoenix and seeing something under it. Like there is no, on there's, the Andromeda. No, there isn't anything on it okay. uh, under it. Um, so uh, yeah, so I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any uh, artwork for it yet. At least not that I'm aware of. So, but you know, it looks like a lot of or a fair number of people that uh, have the larger multi cruise ships are going to get some get a Merlin as a loner, which is cool. Uh, the uh, redesigned constellation will be ready for AC two which, if our predictions hold true, I will see in my hangar next month. Nice. I am very excited about that. Uh, the Retaliator will uh, be the available loaner ship in AC 2.0 for those uh, that uh, have unflyable multi-crew ships. So that's cool. So if you've got like an 890 Jump or a Carrick that's not in-game yet, when 2.0 comes out, you'll be getting a loaner Retaliator. That's me, right? Because I have an Orion? Uh, yeah, that is. I, I would think that, yeah, that the Orion would apply. So yeah, potentially... You're going to have a Retaliator in 2.0. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, HOTAS announcement at Gamescom, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Back-end issues on netcode are not affecting Squadron 42, which makes sense. Um, 2D concept art is being done on Space Pets, but it's not a priority. Gleep gets his Space Cat. I know he's very excited about that. Meow. 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 Nothing. I mean, what, what? How do I react to that? Good, good job. You've done well. You've done great. That's a fantastic cat impersonation. You get a gold star. Uh, the endeavor, and I know Gleep is going to be very excited about this, and may uh, hinder his uh, keeping one of his two starliners. 
Uh, the Endeavor is hardcore sci-fi, um, very much like the classic sci-fi ships. Apparently, Ben is incredibly excited about this ship. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then tremendous progress with Large World. Uh, you should see that coming very soon. Uh, those are all from uh, little bits from Reverse the Verse. Uh, and what's cool about that is that that does kind of tie in to what we mentioned earlier with Gamescom. So, uh, you know, you could see some good uh, stuff happening in August. What is Large World? Is it 64-bit? Uh, I I don't know. I'm assuming yes. And if I had to guess, if what I what I read earlier about Gamescom is accurate, what they're talking about is is a large a large world, 64 bit free fly zone. Okay. Again, total speculation, but you know we'll have to see. I think games uh, obviously Gamescom is going to. Um, going to shed a lot of light on all of these potential maybe who knows we'll see what's what um i will say this though given all of the drama that's been going on lately uh they they do kind of need to get um a, a solid bigger patch out and if everything that i've seen online is is consistent and accurate it, this all makes sense and it does point to an ac 2.0 launch next month hmm. so well, we'll see uh this week uh, leaving uh, reverse the verse and going to what's coming up. Uh, this week is uh, free fly week for the 300 series. Any interest there? Um, not really. I've flown the 300 series, um, so I don't know. I I feel like I've flown everything that I care about at this point, and now that I have the Super Hornet, I really don't need to try anything else. So the, yeah, the free flight weeks don't really get me that excited, but I can understand somebody that had like an Aurora or a Mustang, like a base ship. Um, yeah, that yeah. the free fly weeks would be pretty exciting. No, no, totally, absolutely. So um, yeah, so we'll see. And then another thing that was really interesting was um, there was mentioned because it was one of the earliest ships. It's in dire need of a redesign. And uh, we're going to touch on, uh, in the community report, we're going to touch a little bit on that post uh, made over in the official RSI forms from that uh, from the one dude, uh, which I'll mention his name when we actually get to those show notes, <laughs> um, that went into that really in-depth redesign of the 300 series. I know you, you saw that, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That crazy depth on that redesign. Oh, he um, made animated GIFs. Like, he I know. He made 100 animated GIFs to... Highlight different sections. It was like it was like almost more impressive than like a design document. <laughs> it was he he got me excited about the three hundred series. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk more about that in uh, in the next show in the community report. Uh, John, uh, I want wait. I oh okay. That's I I okay. I just need to start this off by saying that I was I was. Um, I was threatened by what? by someone that said that they wouldn't listen to the show if this part wasn't good this week. Holy crap, really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow. Okay, well, that puts <laughs> us on the spot. I want to start a Tetris community. John, tell me what I need to do. You need to go to engine.com. Yay! <laughs> engine.com. Oh, no. Wait, have we we've not done Tetris before? No, we've not done Tetris before. Last last one we did was Solitaire. Oh, okay. 
Okay. No, I was going to make a reference to Jurassic Park. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. But anyway, go to engine.com. They have easy-to-use modules for people that don't even have to know HTML. I don't know any HTML, and I designed the Versecast website, so, I mean, that should say it's something. delightful. Yeah, so go to <laughs> engine.com. You can create a free site. Um, obviously, they have paid plans to give you more cool stuff, but you can create your free site. gives you a ton of cool features so that you can start your community, and it's just super easy, and it's spelled E-N-J-I-N. Dot com. Engine for all your gaming community needs. There you go. Ah, nice. Yeah. Support support Ronald Jenkins. Please check him out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Awesome music. Uh, very uh, Star Citizen centric. I like it. I know John likes it. I like and it. And I believe Gleeb likes it too. He does. So, uh, Gleep, where can the good folks find you on the... Oh, wait, you're not here. <laughs> Ugh. Dang, I forgot how Grover sounds. If I could remember, I would do a Grover impression. Oh, uh, we'll have to we'll have to look that up for the next show. Yeah, but he he'll probably be here. That would be kind of awkward. That would be even better then. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, I am Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can uh, find me uh, most chattery on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me over at Steam, over at Versecast.org, over at Star Citizen RSI under my handle, which is Jackson, J-A-X-S-U-N. Uh, and uh, email me. i uh, love to hear from you. Uh, Jimmy at uh, uh, Versecast.org, uh, uh, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot John, because if... nobody sends you emails. No, it's tr- actually, no, uh, Turd and I had a lovely conversation recently. Um, oh. he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, we just chit-chatted about stuff. It wasn't really, like, show stuff. We were just talking about um, Bethesda and, um, you know, just some gaming stuff in general. And uh, he's a cool cat, man. I, I like that guy. Aside from his uh, delightful wit and, uh, and salacious name, um, he's, he's fun <laughs> people. John, where can the good folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me most places at the only Jonto. Um, add me on Pinterest. No, <laughs> Pinterest. Is it nice. Pinterest or pin- Pinterest? I don't know. All I know is that they have like nice steampunk costumes there. <laughs> I don't. E- I don't even know what Pinterest is. Like, pin me or something. I. I don't even you have can... a Pinterest. Account. I want to make one, just so that I can like use it as a joke. Like, you, you I want to can... have friends on there. Well, you can find John over at his Etsy site where he makes lovely trinkets and baubles. I, I've, I've actually purchased something from Etsy. I have too. Etsy makes some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I'll have to do that. I, I need to create social media accounts on all the places that people don't make social media accounts. Perfect. Um, just because I think it would be fun to like bring no, no. to like just be that one person that actually uses it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where else can the people find you? Uh, other than Pinterest, um, Orcut. Uh, oh dear lord! Uh, Google Buzz. Actually, Google Buzz is dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter, Steam, uh, Xbox. I guess. Um, you can find me on Versecast, and like pretty much everywhere. That's what I use that name for. Um, you can email me at john at versecast.org. 
And you know who else you can email at versecast.org? Mm. You can email the show at comms at versecast.org. Mm, nice, nice lead in. That's C O M M S for people that were confused, because I've seen people that were confused. So you're not confused anymore. You can follow the show at versecast on Twitter. We'll follow you back. You can then you can DM us and make sure to use the hashtag TGWS and search for that hashtag. Um so that we can get, you know, the ball rolling on some Twitter conversation. And it seems to work pretty well. Um The Twitters? Yeah, the Twitters works pretty well. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's it's, it's a young upstart. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's getting roots, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. It could be a fad. It could just be a fad. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards Google Plus personally, you know. Oh, that's going to take Facebook off like a crap? rocket. Like what? Like who wants their face on a book? I heard I heard MySpace is is pretty happening. Uh, it's coming back. It is coming back. And Napster, been using that lately. <laughs> Napster. Definitely nice. <laughs> uh, head over to robertspaceindustries.com/slash/org/slash/versecast. Uh, we would love to have you. We are those guys with ships. If you have a ship. And if you're a person, you should join us. Nice There's a little uh, little walk in there in your uh, in your awkward pauses. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't have a, a legitimate awkward pause this episode. No, no, no. We yeah, just it's, we it's just kind flow of, too well yeah. together. That's that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's just we need we need Gleep to to throw a monkey wrench in the, <laughs> in the works. I don't want to be your monkey wrench. Please review us on iTunes too. That was great. That was fantastic. Thank you. Then email us about it so we can talk more about it later. Yeah. Email us about your reviews. Yes, and email us to tell us that you're going to email us about your review. And then email us about the review. Right. And then email us about how we did. Replying to the email about your email about your review. I love it. it. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right. Until next time, we are those guys with ships, and this has been the first cast. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. Goodbye. Did I do well? You did lovely. We're all so proud of you, John. We're so proud. Can we ever just end? No.